Welcome to Federal Insights for October, sponsored by KPMG. Hello and welcome to today's program. I'm Eric White. It's no surprise that one of the agencies with some of the largest troves of sensitive data is the Justice Department. With the act of gathering evidence more and more relying on new technologies, that usually means more data. The more there is, the more important it is to secure it. At the Executive Office for the U.S. Attorneys, its Chief Information Security Officer, Greg Hall, is currently working to keep that data safe. He spoke with Federal News Network's Tom Temin about some of the major challenges facing his office and how they're tackling them. There are some things that you will just never have enough of, and one of those things is storage, right, and computing power. And uh, and that's certainly the case, I think, within the U.S. Attorneys, even as, I think, sophisticated and leading edge as we are with regards to our IT platforms and our enterprise footprint. Uh, we still struggle with the voluminous amounts of data. And I think a good example of that would be just the evolution of, of evidence and where it's come from fairly static information to now full motion video, body camera data, and the, the size of the data sets now that we're getting as a result of this are tremendously large. Uh, and it's very challenging. It's very challenging both for the attorneys to parse and get through that data and understanding what's meaningful, as well as uh, the IT support folks to host that information and to make it accessible uh, and for the cyber folks to protect it. Uh, so it's a very challenging uh, thing these days. And cyber is a little bit of a dual-edged sword there because the loss of data, data exfiltration, is bad for any agency. But in, in your case, the loss of data could also affect the prosecution of a case. It could spoil a case uh, an attorney might have been spending years building. Sure, absolutely. And even, even prior to the loss, the integrity of the data is absolutely critical as well. So the data that we get from law enforcement and other organizations uh, that effectively is evidence, you know, has to remain evidence. It has to remain pristine. And, and it has to remain pristine both uh, from the time that we get it to the time that we exchange it with defense counsel and other stakeholders in the litigation process. And so it's very important that uh, throughout that entire life cycle of the data that we preserve the integrity, that we make it accessible, um, and that we ensure that it's uh, encrypted and and that um, and that the folks that are access, accessing it uh, have the role and the need to know. I can see a bad guy getting into the system and changing every instance of Whitey Bulger, changing <laughs> it to Billy Bulger, and you really have a crisis <laughs> right. on your hands there. Exactly, that's right. <laughs> All right, so let's review some of the cybersecurity initiatives sure. that are in place there at the U.S. Attorney's Office. Sure. Uh, you know, it's uh, never standing still there, obviously. We, we're very fortunate, I think, to... Uh, be in this organization in, in terms of having the advocacy that we do at the uh, senior executive levels, uh, both in terms of uh, IT operational initiatives as well as cybersecurity initiatives. Um, some areas of focus that we've uh, particularly paid attention to going forward uh, this year would be Identity Governance Administration. Uh, I think that's something that's representative of the federal government writ large, uh, part of the ICAM initiative uh, that's a very important initiative for the federal government. Um, Multi-factor authentication is another area of focus for us. Again, um, something that's a, 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 a key component to the ICAM program and something that all federal government agencies are, are focusing on. Um, and then also privilege access management, which really is kind of the, the triad, if you will, for IDAM. And all of those things uh, brought together, I think, really provide um, a key component to your core cybersecurity platforms. Um, so in other words, it's all, in, in some sense, aimed ultimately at protecting the data as well as just access. Well, it's it's even broader than that, Tom. So it's one. It's a, it's about who is accessing the data, right? Who is that person? What is their identity, right? Um, what credentials do they have that can assert 
confidence in that identity, right, that says, hey, this identity has been actually validated, it's been proofed, and I can rely on this credential. And, and that credential then helps with basically providing levels of access. And then it's also about uh, access management in terms of what should they see, what data sets should they be authorized to see. And, and that gets into things like role and need to know and least privilege and those kinds of things. And a couple of questions on collaboration. First of all, Washington is home to many large law firms. Absolutely. As is New York and L.A. and everywhere else that the U.S. attorneys would also be. Are there commercial legal best practices in cyber that the government can use? Or conversely, is the government leading the way in, in techniques and technologies that some of the big law firms can adopt? I would say it's a little bit of both, honestly. I think there's a, there's a fair amount of exchange there. I think um, there is uh, some parity in terms of the types of litigation tools that are being used both commercially and within the public sector. Uh, and I think as a result of using those same tools, you know, there it presents the same uh, cybersecurity challenges in terms of how do we protect that tool, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, you know, relativity would be an example of that where you know, it's a tool that's used out there in the, you know, the private sector as well as uh, something that's used um, more broadly across the litigating components within the department. Um, and so, you know, we have evolved our uh, protection strategies around, you know, that tool and others that are similar. And, uh, and so I think from that perspective, there, there is parity. Um, but I also think there are differences, too, because there are nuances in certainly those, those environments. Because you do have data exchange, such as in discovery and presentation of evidence sure. one way or the other. That's something unique in the legal field. And so you'd be, you have to have that secure connection to the commercial legal world to the defense attorneys. Absolutely. I think we all struggle with the same challenge, which is, you know, when you're trying to uh, execute your Brady Giglio obligations and exchange data with uh, key stakeholders in the litigative process, um, that one, you have to protect that data. Two, this could be very large data sets. And three, there have to be secure mechanisms to facilitate that. And I think as a result of that, that was one of the early business problems that we faced uh, when I got to the department. And it required some real uh, innovative thinking. And I think we, we, we did that. We, we did exactly that. And I think it led to a very leading-edge solution that we were really the first to deploy within the department. And it leveraged uh, commercial cloud technologies. It leveraged a secure file-sharing platform. Uh, and it really changed the modality of how we share information in terms of you know, taking you know, multiple removable media and trying to share that with multiple and uh, you know, endpoints or or people, and, and really saying, hey, let's kind of change this around, and let's centralize our data and bring people to the data, uh, and, and almost like the Securities and Exchange Commission. Well, exactly, exactly, and I think it really also uh, was very well aligned with the strategy for the cloud. Uh, really, the cloud has the same kind of premise, right? Central sure. location, commoditized IT services, and let's bring the people to that. Uh, and the data is something very similar, right? The data then becomes a commodity and you bring people to that and leverage, you know, both the cloud security services, third-party services, and security services that we can extend to the cloud. Greg Hall is Chief Information Security Officer for the U.S. Attorney's Office at the Department of Justice, speaking with Federal News Network's Tom Temin. We'll have more of this interview after a quick break. I'm Eric White. Disruption waits for no one. So what exactly are you waiting for? At KPMG, we help government agencies embrace new technologies and implement agile operations to meet the needs of a rapidly changing world. We help organizations advance in areas like digital transformation, cognitive analytics, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and much more. 
It's time to turn today's challenges into tomorrow's opportunities. Become future ready with KPMG. Visit futureadygovernment.com. We continue our interview with Greg Hall, Chief Information Security Officer for the U.S. Attorney's Office at the Department of Justice. He spoke with Federal News Network's Tom Temin. And I want to talk more about the cloud, but we were on the subject of collaboration. And of course, U.S. Attorney's Office lives in the Justice Department. So let's talk about some of the internal intramural sharing. Uh, FBI lives there, too, the last I heard, and some other entities how much collaboration on cyber occurs at the corporate justice level and among the components. Sure, there's there's a there's a, a great amount of collaboration and sharing that occurs within the department, uh, particularly within cyber. Uh, there are a number of governance venues that uh, we have that uh, allow uh, different cyber stakeholders to uh, collectively get together and discuss issues, discuss initiatives, uh, discuss um, uh, problems and how we can solve them, and it's it's a great venue. I think there's a great advocacy for cyber within the department, uh, both at the senior levels and within the OCIO uh, components within each each of the uh, you know, components within justice. Um, and and I think as a result, it it helps us to establish that shared situational awareness, as well as understanding what that means in terms of new technology initiatives. Um, you know, what are the ones that uh, make sense for us to collectively get on board as well as uh, what areas may, may be uh, a, a specific component emphasis or maybe that there might be a specific solution that's better for a component vice, you know, using something that's really uh, a common solution. I would think the FBI would have a lot in common just in terms of having a case management kind of view of the world. Sure. And data that is associated with a particular case that balloons as the case goes on. Sure. I, I think it's you know, understanding that, you know, there are multiple stakeholders in terms of the litigation process, right? There are the law enforcement folks that are providing data evidence. There are the litigation components that are, you know, basically litigating the the crime. Uh, there are the court components where we have to provide information. You know, we have to present it in court. We have to protect it. Um, that's and, going across the branch of government divide. Absolutely. And so, you know, through that whole continuum of, of, the, of that process, you know, there are, you have to protect the data, you have to make it available. And I think we all share that that same requirement. And, and, and the CISOs get together in the components and talk about this stuff? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. The, in fact, there's a, um, a, a department cybersecurity committee meeting uh, that's held monthly. And, and that's the forum for all of the CISOs to get together and discuss Again, the initiatives that are, are taking place across the department, uh, any uh, component-specific initiatives uh, to make sure that we're in alignment with regards to uh, specific requirements that might be coming down either from the executive office of the president or OMB or DHS, et cetera. And, and so it really provides a great forum for us to ensure that we're all in sync and moving forward together. And let's talk about cloud. You've been doing some heavy-duty cloud research. And what are your intended cloud use cases from the standpoint of the U.S. Attorney's Office, and what have you learned about cloud and cloud security? Well, I think what we've learned is um, it, it's it's a an, another venue for us to um, leverage in terms of where we put our data. I think that the cloud providers are um, moving in a way that really helps to uh, meet the requirements that the federal government has put out there. Exam- examples of that being the, the GovCloud uh, both from the Azure side as well as uh, what AWS is doing to provide you know, the GovCloud environments and to have specific security capabilities that meet 
uh, higher level concerns in terms of data protection, in terms of who has access to the information, to the infrastructure. And so I think as a result of that, there's more confidence in those uh, venues to, to host our data. There will always be the, the concern that there's some data that is uh, sensitive enough where it maybe doesn't make sense to put that out there. And so you'll have hybrid scenarios where there's still data that will remain on premise. Uh, there will be data that's out in the cloud and, and there will be scenarios where we have kind of a hybrid. And I think that's what you'll see going forward. Uh, but there certainly is, um, uh, you know, the, the commercial cloud services today have come a long way. I think FedRAMP has done um, a, a, a great service to the to the federal government to uh, move those environments forward in terms of the protection mechanisms that are in place and to assure that we have reciprocity and that uh, all federal government uh, entities can uh, assume that you're going to get the same level of protection you know, based on FedRAMP and meeting those those requirements. And um, you mentioned something that caught my ear there. You mentioned the cloud providers and who has access to their infrastructure. So it sounds like when doing research into the cloud vendors, you go pretty far upstream into their corporate setup and their policies so that you know who in that company, maybe not by name, but by vettedness and, sure. and position, who can actually touch, because at some point a cloud is actually a building on the ground full of computers. That's true, Tom. I mean, we, there is there is a level of vetting, um, and depending on you know the the environment, the sensitivity of the data, some of that vetting is very specific. Um, uh, but the you know the cloud providers are aware of those requirements. Uh, they're very tuned in to the FedRAMP requirements in particular. They're very uh, tuned in to uh, what it means to be FedRAMP high compliant, and, and and then what the implication is in terms of those employees that will have access. So, with respect to the large, well-established cloud providers, then you're confident that the cybersecurity requirements are adequate, and the differentiator becomes the services that they offer beyond cyber, just the services to host. And develop and and work your data in there. Sure, I, I I'm confident in those services, and I think you'll continue to see more of a move towards cloud services, towards hosting our data in the cloud. Uh, I mean, o, you know, 365 is an example of that. The department moving to that environment and you know leveraging a commoditized service like Mail, right? Um, but uh, you can see cases it, and and case data eventually being there also. I, I can see that as well. In fact, we you know we have another initiative underway. Um, uh, that, uh, again, will take advantage of a cloud environment. Uh, it will provide a capability to manage our documents uh, more effectively. It will provide workflows, editing, et cetera. Um, and so I, I think, you know, we've been a big advocate for it, I think particularly with regards to the litigation capabilities tools uh, in terms of moving those to the cloud, and I think you'll see more of that. And I think really, honestly, it, it's just it just scales a whole lot better, right, than, than – uh, than our environments. However, I, I will say that uh, again, it's going to be a mix, and we, you know, we've made uh, you know um, big strides, I think, in our data center consolidation effort, and I think we've made big strides in terms of um, you know uh, identifying the key core enterprise facilities that would provide that on-premise environment that uh, again is maybe for more sensitive information, uh, and at the same time, um, you know, leveraging the commercial cloud environment to uh, to really augment. Uh, that and, and take advantage of the cloud services as they were designed to be. And it's also true that it's probably easier to justify a cloud strategy budget than it is a capital expenditure for your own data centers. Sure, and and, and it I think it's just easier and it scales, you know, better. And uh, and so I think that really is I mean that really is the business proposition there, right? It's commoditized IT services at a very aggressive price and being able to scale 
and being able to you know turn off services when you're not being you know, when they're not being used and to and to spin them back up very quickly, right? And to have that elasticity, the flexibility, the network integration, et cetera, um, that you know that again uh, really has changed the way that we do IT. And uh, but I think you know in terms of the portfolio, it will still remain a mix. That's Greg Hall, Chief Information Security Officer for the U.S. Attorney's Office at the Justice Department, speaking with Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Time for one more break, followed by our final segment with Greg. I'm Eric White. Innovation. Everyone says it. At KPMG, we know actions speak louder than words. For over 100 years, KPMG has helped federal agencies adapt to changing times with innovative approaches. Today, we're helping agencies advance in areas like cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, blockchain, cognitive analytics, and secure cloud. Let our past experience help propel your future forward more quickly and with greater agility and efficiency. Become future ready with KPMG. Visit futureadygovernment.com. We now bring you part three of our interview with Greg Hall, Chief Information Security Officer for the U.S. Attorney's Office at the Justice Department. He spoke with Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Let's talk about CDM, Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation. That program from Homeland Security is undergoing a lot of updating in the next year and two years, and all the agencies have to have data to report up there. What's your status report on CDM and continuous monitoring? Uh, so we are providing data on a regular basis uh, to the department uh, and then to DHS. Uh, we um, have our own dashboard. Uh, as you are aware, I think DHS uh, just recently let a contract out. They're evolving uh, additional dashboards within that department. Um, I think you know, there are challenges that uh, are that are there in terms of just managing the data, the, the, the tremendous amounts of data that we're dealing with in terms of exchanging that across, you know, the Department of Justice and then to Department of Homeland Security and, and ensuring that just our infrastructure can support that. And just then, the cybersecurity data, just, let alone the program data. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, just the ingestion capabilities, the network transport, the bandwidth that's available, you know, um, ensuring that the integrity of the data doesn't, you know, you know change during that transmission process. Um, and then, and then getting into the specifics of the nuances of the data itself, right? And 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 making sure that the the algorithms and the comparisons are really like like. Um, and and uh, but it, it's an effective way to really understand key indicators, or at least be aware of key indicators that uh, that give you some information regarding your cyber hygiene as well as your overall uh, risk posture. And I think within the within the U.S. attorneys in particular, uh, we've taken advantage of the department's. Uh, dashboard, which is called the Security Posture Dashboard Report, Spider, uh, and it's very a very effective tool for us. It's really helped us to understand our risk posture, to understand areas where we may need to have more focus, and to divert resources, um, and to also understand really kind of the efficacy of the tools that we've deployed out there. So it's been a very, very, very effective tool for us. And how do you manage the growing, or what some agencies say is the growing number of cybersecurity data gathering tools and processing tools? that itself becomes something to manage. It's challenging, Tom. I think it really is kind of a philosophy, right? I think, you know, there are folks that are really um, okay with integrating multiple point solutions, and that's kind of uh, maybe been their philosophy towards evolving their cybersecurity portfolio. And you have others that uh, really are more of a suite solution uh, type uh, 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 orientation where um, they they are able to exp- 
expand certain platforms and add additional functionality to those platforms. And those platforms really make up core uh, areas of capability, you know, that span, you know, from the endpoint to the cloud. So I think uh, either way, you're going to be integrating solutions. And so I think what then becomes important is the ability to integrate solutions, to have open standards that the vendors must meet uh, by way of procurement processes that uh, that enables them to testify that these products are going to be able to integrate and talk um, uh, specific data um, uh, exchange standards, leveraging technologies like sticks and tax and those types of tech, those types of standards, um, and be able to exchange data. And, and that's absolutely uh, critical these days. Um, I think where it also impacts us is in terms of just the people that it takes to run and manage and use those tools. And today, um, as you're aware, within the Washington, D.C. area, we are challenged in terms of having enough cybersecurity professionals. Uh, and when you start expanding your your environment, your portfolio with tools and dependent point solutions that require a person to administrate that, to uh, to you know provide the analytical capabilities, um, pretty soon it doesn't scale, and it's very challenging for one person to manage multiple point solutions. And so there there needs to be for us in particular, you know, we we really take a look at that ratio and that optimization and and the ability for these solutions to integrate and talk to one another, and that's that's very critical to us. And and then lastly on that. Um, at the end of the day, all of those solutions have to provide a common operational picture. That's really what it's all about. So any organization is going to have solutions. They're collecting telemetry data, and it's providing um, you know, uh, multiple things, uh, data sets to take a look at. But, it, but, but you have to be able to understand what it's telling you. And, uh, and that's really a combination of both people and technology. Uh, but you, know, you, you have to be able to uh, get through that information and react. And so I think part of of doing that is making sure that these solutions talk to one another. They're uh, they're they're in a, they're easily integratable, or they're easily uh, you can integrate them easily with one another, uh, in that they can exchange data in a very standard way. And you find that you are getting toward the nirvana where the tools, the output of the tools enables the operators to actually work on the things they need to work on and not be chasing down a thousand alerts every hour. We're getting there. That's uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. I think uh, I, I think the tools are rapidly evolving. There are some uh, excellent analytical tools out there. There's some. There's a lot of emphasis on uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning. A lot of the big uh, you know players in cybersecurity are are making either investments in that area. Or they're acquiring companies that are developing capabilities in those areas, and they understand the importance of that moving forward. And yeah, and, and and it will be enabler. And I think you know, you know the utopia is where you have those capabilities that really enable the analyst, right, to be able to do what you were talking about, which is understanding what's actionable. You know, to take the information that's derived from the data sets and then understand relative to what's happening in your environment. You know, what does threat intelligence tell you? You know, what campaigns are out there? Where are your vulnerabilities, weaknesses, and exposures? Right? Um, where do you have high value assets? And being able to take all that information, correlate it, and 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 then determine what what action plan do I need to execute, right? And so it's it's uh, something that's evolving, but I think we're getting there. Greg Hall is Chief Information Security Officer for the U.S. Attorney's Office at the Justice Department, speaking with Federal News Network's Tom Temin there. If you miss any part of this episode, you can find it online. Head to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Agency in Focus. I'm Eric White. Greg Hall is Chief Information Security Officer for the U.S. Attorney's Office at the Department of Justice. Thank you to listening to Federal Insights for October, sponsored by KPMG on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.
cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. The people who looked through 200 resumes to fill a job also waited 40 minutes for their internet to dial up. You don't wait 40 minutes for your internet to dial up. You use Upwork to quickly hire talent. This is how we work now. 